Or right before when I auditioned, he was just starting this tour with Taylor Swift. And I think it was a world worldwide tour. It might just have been North America that he was on. But um, one person from his camp was like, okay, you have to be ready to go. We're going on tour with Taylor Swift like next week. So I'm like, oh my God, okay, <laughs> let's, like, let's go. Welcome back to the Well Now It podcast. I'm your host, Savannah. If you're new here, this is a podcast for confused Gen Zs, millennials, unsure what they want to do post-grad or next steps in their career. I am so pumped for today's guest, and if you know me, you know that I love me some Shawn Mendes. He's so freaking talented, and I've always really admired his music and his band. So today's guest is Mike Sleeth, also known as Shawn Mendes' drummer. Mike is so genuine and a really nice guy, and you can tell that he absolutely loves what he does. In this episode, we chat about how he started playing the drums, facing rejection from Humber College three times, meeting Sean and playing for him for the first time, how he prepares himself mentally for high-pressure situations like the Grammys and Jimmy Fallon, his setup, advice he has for young musicians, and some of his favorite songs he likes to play. I'll also be adding a clip of Mike playing a Sean Mendes song in the middle of the episode, so stay tuned for that. This was a really fun episode, and I hope you enjoy. I'm here with Mike Sleeth. He's a Toronto native and a drummer and percussionist whose energy, creativity, and style has seen him perform all over the world on some of the biggest stages. After spending over a decade globe-trotting with an array of different established artists, Mike has found a home in the last five years as a full-time touring drummer for Grammy-nominated artists, the one and only Shawn Mendes. He's also played alongside many more artists like John Mayer, Miley Cyrus, Camila Cabello, Khaled, and Zed to name a few. Mike has really made a name for himself on the world stage. This is my first time interviewing a musician on the podcast, and although I'm not a musician myself, I did dance intensively in high school and kind of traveled all over, so I just really respect the talent and dedication that Mike has. I think he's going to offer a really great perspective on the music industry, and his success wasn't overnight. It definitely took a lot of years of practice and determination to get to where he's at today. So, Mike, I believe that you got into drumming because your uncle was a drummer, but at what point did you realize that you could do this professionally and you wanted to do this as a career? Um, you know what? There was never, uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> this is lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's never really been one moment that kind of like, you know, there was never like an aha moment. It was just always this thing that I just absolutely loved doing. I, I was never trying to become a prof- professional drummer. I was just trying to only play drums. <laughs> so then, then in turn, you know, it kind of turned into, uh, yeah, it turned into, I guess, what it is today. But yeah, I wouldn't say there was ever a moment where I was like, oh my God, this is what I have to do. It was just always mm-hmm. like, I guess it was just always in my blood, you know? Nice, yes. I read that you applied to Humber College in Ontario for music school, um, not once, not twice, but three times, and then you got rejected. So what made you want to continue to pursue a career in drumming after all that rejection? That was... Yeah, that was very difficult kind of moment. Not even like, you know, it it wasn't even like it was just one time that they were like, you know, that I was rejected. It was three times. And it's a pretty harsh rejection where it's not even that they don't think you're good enough, you know, to perform somewhere or do something. They don't, they didn't even think I was good enough to be taught (laughs) to be able to do that. So, um, yeah, so that was really crushing. And that was sort of a pivotal moment, I guess, where, you know, it was like, Okay, so so like you know, pick up another job or like do something that I can 
um, sort of progress in or find some other other thing or take put all my eggs in this basket and just go with it. So I chose the latter. And yeah, it, it, I, it was just one of those things where I just really had to go full board, you know, put all my eggs in that basket. And um, mm-hmm. so it was very tricky. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. And I'm wondering yeah. about schooling and being trained. Like how common is it now? Like the musicians that you work with, how common is it for them to be trained? Honestly, I'd say like, um, trained as in, you know, some kind of post-secondary kind of college or something like that. I'd say that is probably 50, 50, but, um, every single person I've worked with have done their version of study. And, you know, uh, like I, so I, I wasn't able to get into, into any of these schools, but in order to prepare to, to get ready for it, um, I had to do a lot of, I learned all the theory and, and, and all that behind it, which has been like, which has been such an important tool um, for this whole thing. <laughs> and I guess your first gig with Sean Mendes, that was the Much Music Awards, right? Yeah, Much Music Video Awards, yeah. yeah. So how did, you, how did you book that? How did you get in contact with them? So um, the Sean thing, by the, time, um, by the time that kind of came around, I had already been working with a lot of uh, like pretty established artists. And I'd, I'd toured around the world a fair bit. And then from, I think it was actually a Much Music Video Awards a couple of years before, I had met um, a guy by the name of Dan Cantor, who for, I guess, up until maybe two years ago, and from the start of Justin Bieber's career, he was his musical director, um, but also from Toronto. Yeah. So then he kind of called me and he was like, you know, would you be interested in coming and auditioning? And I said, hell yeah. I'd be. <laughs> but I, I, like at that point, too, I was working a lot with this artist called Francesco Yates. So he was really on the up and up as well. And I, w- I don't know if I would say more established than Sean, but maybe, you know, maybe on the same level. And I had been touring with this guy for a couple of years. Yeah. And then, and then they asked me to come out to audition for Sean. And it was between me and this other guy. I guess like the stars aligned that day and, I, you know, I managed to get the gig and um, yeah, it's been amazing. So I kind of, I, I prioritized Sean right away and, you know, he was my number one thing and I've, yeah, I've been with him ever since. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's crazy. So how was it like performing with him for the first time compared to yeah. when you guys went on tour last year? Well, um, at the beginning, which I, I noticed with a lot of gigs, it's sort of like the beginning, it's like, okay, well, let's see, let's see how these gigs go and then kind of, you know, go from there. Right when, when I auditioned, or right before when I auditioned, he was just starting this tour with Taylor Swift. And I think it was a world, worldwide tour. It might just have been North America that he was on. But um, one person from his camp was like, okay, you have to be ready to go. We're going on tour with Taylor Swift like next week. So I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's, like, let's go. And then it ended up being that he was just going to do that acoustic. So I was like, okay, that's, <laughs> you know, I can like breathe a little bit. Um, and then... Yeah. So then, then yeah. So the very first gig was the the Much Music Video Awards. So it's sort of that thing where you really want to do a really really good job, um, in hopes that they call you back again. So it's nerve wracking, you know. It's like it's hard because it's you get so you spent so little time with with the artist. So I mean, it's tricky, but we mm-hmm. got through it, and here we are. <laughs> and I imagine getting gigs in Canada must be quite different from the states. Um, but I'm wondering when they when you book a gig, how much of it is based off of your talent, who you know, and, and like your personality? For me, it's been pretty much almost all of who I know and stuff. And uh, like a lot, I, I would say equal parts talent, equal parts personality. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, like on a given day on the road, 
you're maybe playing two hours of music, three hours of music. So it's all that time in between, you know, you just, so you just always have to be a good, you know, really nice, genuine person and, and that kind of thing, because like the music aspects is half of it, <laughs> mm-hmm. like barely. So, yeah. So it's a big part of personality. Okay. Yeah. I figured. And um, I think you mentioned previously when you first started, it was like frowned upon to use tracks and now you have yeah. a lot of electronics and stuff. So what does your set setup look like now? So right now uh, I play DW drums. And then, and then, so what we did to really, to really enhance the whole thing is we have electronics. So I have these things called triggers over top of every, every single of my drums. So song to song, we completely change the sound of the drums to sound like the album or to sound totally different. Yeah. It's, it's like a pretty cutting edge. It's taken us years to kind of figure out how to actually do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so there's that and just a lot of drums. I got a lot yes. of things going on there. <laughs> yeah, I, I was watching like a video on YouTube of like how you were playing and it looks, I'm not a musician at all. I don't really know yeah. what's going on, but it looked so <laughs> confusing. It wasn't just a drum kit. Like I was just assuming a drum kit. You had all yeah. these buttons and tools. Oh my gosh, so that much. must be, that must be st- like stressful. And like, yeah. I guess, how do you prepare yourself for those high pressure situations like performing at the Grammys or like Jimmy Fallon, Ellen? How do you mentally get ready for that? I, I'm a big... I'm big into visualization and, um, and I'm a big, like really focusing on your breathing and all this stuff. So like I, I, I do, I don't want to call it meditation, but it's kind of like, I kind of meditate. Um, and I just, you know, I'll take like a couple minutes by myself without even drumsticks or anything like that after I've warmed up and after I've done all that. And I just, I just like sit there and I just see all the, all the different areas where I've had issues you know, like specifically in the set, like I'll, I'll like see myself playing these fills, you know, totally, totally properly and how, yeah, how I like want to um, execute them. And I just think of everything. I think of the first hit, I hit the, think of the last hit and I think about all that stuff in between. So I find just having that all just going through my head as I'm walking up to the drums, then I'm more prepared to go and perform. Yeah. Do you have a different mindset for each kind of show, like a live show, large arena versus outdoor concert, or it's kind of just the same thing? Kind of the same thing. I mean, like, uh, at least with Sean, kind of all of the performances we do are, you know, like large, (laughs) large kind of places. So, um, you know, like, like nowadays we've been doing a lot of taping and stuff. So, um, because we can't have crowds or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So we've been doing trips to Los Angeles where we do, we just tape a bunch of things and then they get released like bit by bit. So his album's coming out tonight, actually. Yeah. So we've done like just a bunch of tapings of new songs and all this stuff. But with that, like, so there's no crowd there. So I'm not scared of, you know, like, it's just like, it's like the band and, um, and a, a, a TV crew and stuff like that. But there's still the pressure that if I mess up now, we have to go back and do the whole thing again. So now the like in these sort of situations the pressure is just not messing up so that you know everybody has to go back and like respecting the time and the money that you know is put in so so i guess you know this is a long answer to that question but i guess there is sort of a different mindset between having a bunch of people because when there's a bunch of people there i'm thinking about the performance and i'm thinking oh my god like what if i trip <laughs> like what if i fall down mm-hmm. what if my pants rip <laughs> you know, like stuff like that whereas this is more like 
all right, time is money, you know, let's make sure that we hit it right the first time. (laughs) I thought this would be the perfect moment to put in a little clip of Mike playing live. So this is at a Shawn Mendes concert playing the song Lost in Japan, and it's taken from the little drummer camera. And this clip really makes me miss live concerts. So I hope you enjoy. Exactly. And I I was watching the documentary that came out um, a few weeks ago. It was amazing. It was so nice to see like our behind the scenes stuff. So how is it going from traveling the world, going on tour and then trying to go back to this normal life, like since COVID and how often do you guys get to practice together? So um, I guess as soon as like this COVID thing really, (laughs) really like hit, everything just stopped. We weren't like, we weren't supposed to do too much this year anyway, aside from a bunch of festivals and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's been weird. I've I've done all kinds of things that I didn't, wasn't normally going to do. Like I, I proposed to my girlfriend, (laughs) I got a dog. (laughs) Um, What else? Now we're looking at like houses and stuff like that, which like normally I wouldn't, you know, so it's like sort of weird because now I'm like living just a, not a normal life, but like doing Mm -hmm. the things that normal people kind of do. Whereas I've been on the road like the last 12 years, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah, so this is definitely like the longest I've been at home. But yeah, it's been nice. Like I was yeah. home, we didn't leave until uh, September. So I was home from January. We finished a tour. I think I got home December 23rd of last year. And then I've been home from the 23rd until the beginning of September, which has never happened. <laughs> wow, yeah. Well, first of all, congratulations. That's, oh, that's incredible to hear. Um, and... How long are you going to be, do you know how long you'll be working with Sean for? Do you have that sense of like job security or do you have like a backup plan just in case things don't work out? Cause um, it's COVID. We don't know what's going yeah. on. <laughs> I mean, as of now, I think so. <laughs> as of now, like I, I mean, I think I'm like as secure as I think I can be, but who knows mm-hmm. what, you know, I, 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 who could have predicted this whole, this whole thing. Right. So mm-hmm. um, I think for the next couple of years, it'll be okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I think. Yeah. But I mean, you know, who knows? And then, so then like, I, yeah, so I've been like talking a lot about like what would happen if, you know, what would happen if like none of that was happening. So, I mean, I guess now more than ever, it's really important to be uh, versatile and, you know, adapt. <laughs> totally. Yeah. But, so are you, are you going back and forth from LA to Toronto or like, what's your kind of schedule like in terms of playing? Yeah. It, it's just pretty much been like go to LA for a, a month or something like that and then come home. Mm-hmm. And so I'm currently in a, in, I'm quarantining right now. <laughs> right. Cause uh, where, where, where are you based on us? I'm in Vancouver. So West coast. Oh, you're in Vancouver. Yes. So that's the whole thing. Like as soon as yeah. you get back to Canada, you have to quarantine for two weeks. So I'm a week down into a quarantine and okay, it can't nice. go by sooner. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty much been it. Go like we just go and film a bunch in LA and then come back here, quarantine 
have a couple weeks of freedom, then go back to LA. I just wanted to pop in and to thank this week's sponsor, Nature's Path. And I've always been a really big fan of Nature's Path. Um, I remember growing up, I would always eat the toaster pastries. And then in university, in my dorm rooms, I would make the little oatmeal packets. And now I really enjoy their grain-free granolas. Um, and they also own the company Capasa. So you might have seen those tortilla chips in your local grocery stores. So I recommend checking them out, especially the grain-free granola. Um, it's really delicious. So you can find them at naturespath.com. Now back to the interview. Yeah. So, how's quarantine been for you? Are you still practicing every day or like, does it something you ever get sick of or you just, you just love playing? I don't know. I'm sorry if that's a stupid I, question, but no, 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 <laughs> uh, no, I just love playing. Like mm-hmm. um, I really notice if I don't play for a couple of days, I get really bad. And mm-hmm. I notice my whole mood is based around off how good I feel at, at how good I feel I am on the drums. So if I don't think I'm sounding good and if things aren't working, every other aspect of my life becomes horrible. So <laughs> the best way to, the best way to, for me to be happy is to keep up my like practice and all stuff. And I'm playing loads of guitar. Really? Who'd have thought? Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I was wondering like, yeah, what other instruments do you play? Cause I think I read that you described yourself as like a blue collared musician. You'll get the job done or so have you considered like songwriting? Like, do you write any of your own music or what do you do? Uh, I don't mind writing like joke songs, but as far as writing like a real song song, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not that deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what about your songs with like sean like does he come up with the percussions and stuff or do you guys collaborate how does that work um well for his songs by himself yeah so he like he he comes up with all of his own kind of stuff so like on this last record he um i believe he just went in and just quarantined kind of in upstate new york and just wrote the whole album with um like two other guys but then like the live stuff that's where we really get to be that's where i get to be kind of creative and you know we like bounce off ideas um and his musical director is very drum oriented so all of the um yeah all of the arrangements are always we always start with drums and put together what you know kind of sounds good and then sort of try to fit everything else in after that okay yeah yeah. um so how long does it take to perfect a song like all together with the entire band it depends (laughs) it totally depends on the song like there's been there's been times where um we'll spend days on a song and then and then go back and totally change it and change it all around and do all this stuff. So it's so case by case. There's some songs that just like you play it once and it's like, all right, there it is. <laughs> Does anybody want to add anything? And we're like, nope. Okay, here we go. Moving, moving on. So it's like, yeah, yeah, it really changes. But a lot of his music is difficult because a lot of times there, there, there's not actual drummers on the albums. It's like, it's just a series of different samples put together. So like, the thing that like the snare uh that's like the big one that goes kind of in the middle that always yeah whatever that's that one so a lot of times that wouldn't be an actual drum it's just like a clap and like and like some other things so the challenge is always trying to replicate the song and make it sound like the song but make it sound energetic live so yeah so that's a big challenge as well Okay. Yeah. And I was wondering, what are your kind of like three favorite songs to play? It doesn't have to be Shawn Mendes, just in general. What are your favorites? I'd say probably number 41 by uh, Dave Matthews Band. That's up there. I really like a song called uh, Seven Days by Sting. That's one of my go-tos. And what's another go-to? I'm going to say another Dave Matthews Band one. I love playing the song Dreaming Tree by Dave Matthews Band. 
Okay, I'll have to check those out and I'll slide them into the into the interview. So Mike, what advice would you give for young musicians kind of starting out in their careers, aspiring to achieve the same heights that you have? What would you say there? Um, I would say just really focus on focusing on your craft and making sure uh you know, you're well-rounded and can play a, a, a series of different styles of music. Um, and, you know, and have like, have a good understanding of um, like maybe a recording program or something like literally just diversify yourself as much as possible. If you can figure out how to sing, sing, you know, like if you can figure out any other instrument, literally just like as much as you possibly can. Yeah. These are all like, like everything is just a tool that makes you more valuable. Mm-hmm. So like, it's not, I, I don't think it's as beneficial to be the guy who's amazing at doing one thing. Um, it's better to be somebody who's, you know, diversified and can do all kinds of different things. Well, I think. Yeah, <laughs> so I would say, great. I would say, just, yeah, like really focus on your craft and be a good person. We'll work hard. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And yeah, sorry. Last question. What are the yeah. top mistakes that you would say that musicians, not just drummers, but what are the top mistakes you think that they do in general? Um, the ego thing is definitely a, is definitely a big red flag. I know a lot of people that wouldn't work with anybody who, you know, really, really let their egos shine. <laughs> and, you know, it's something that you can really, yeah, but you have to be confident, but without a, without an ego and like arrogance and everything like that. So it's always really important to stay humble and to, uh, yeah, stay humble <laughs> and not be a dick. Just be nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> good to know yeah that's those are some great tips but i want to thank you so much mike for coming on and so sharing your story um i love watching you in the documentary and i've seen you in so many videos you can totally tell how passionate you are um about about drumming and it's very captivating to watch so awesome. thank you again for giving a little bit more insight um on the kind of the music industry and being a drummer for a huge pop star for sure thank you so much for having me it was lovely chatting with you and that was Mike Sleeth. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to follow my Instagram at wellknowwhatpodcast where I'll be posting some videos of Mike playing. And finally, I also want to give a shout out to my good friend Liam. He is a singer-songwriter as well, and he's got some great hits, and I'll link him in the show notes. Um, I personally really like Moonlight and Dance With Me, so that's Liam Harris. Anyways, thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.